Welcome to Is This Real Life? A Bravo podcast that relates our favorite shows to our own lives and the world around us. I'm your host, Mandy Slutsker. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. I hope you had a wonderful week. It is the first week of spring, and in Washington, D.C., the cherry blossoms are blooming. And the ladies of the Real Housewives of Potomac were spotted at the Tidal Basin filming this past Friday. And I'm really sad that I missed them. I'm going to be there on Sunday. And uh, I feel like they're always coming into D.C. and I'm always missing them. But one of these days, I am going to run into these ladies. Well, the big Bravo news this week is that there are going to be two Ronies, two Real Housewives of New York City. One will be a complete reboot on Bravo, and the other is likely to be on Peacock and feature some of the housewives of seasons past. And I think this is a brilliant idea because it was clear that something wasn't working with Roni and it was so broken. And the whole like idea of bringing new people in that didn't have authentic connections, it just wasn't it just wasn't working for them. So I love the idea of finding a group of women that already has authentic connections and does a better job representing New York. Maybe they're from different parts of the city. Maybe there's a little more diversity. Who knows? Um, I do hope that they maintain sort of an older age range. I just, I'm kind of nervous. I, d- I don't think it'll be like a sort of a summer house part two, but I just, I don't want to see that. I want to see women who are well established in their careers, who are in their 40s, in their 50s, who are just loving life. And, and I'm excited for it. And I do love the you know, housewives of seasons past. I want to see Dorinda back on my screen. I want to see Jill Zarin back. And I think Peacock is the perfect place because hopefully if they do this Roni nostalgia, they'll maybe let the fourth wall break a bit. And that's what I have always wanted to see on Roni. We know so many of these women's fights are about the show, and I would just love to let that actually play out. And I don't feel like they would let that happen on the network, but on Peacock, you know, they've they let it happen on Ultimate Girls Trip. Speaking of Ultimate Girls Trip, I cannot wait for Ultimate Girls Trip season two, um, or I don't know exactly how they are calling it, but it took place at Dorinda's in the Berkshires, and it sounds like it is absolute chaos. Dorinda did an interview this week where she talked about her argument with Vicky over COVID and COVID vaccination. And I'm just, it's going to be interesting to witness all of this. You know, who knew our public health champion would be Dorinda Medley, but here we are. Um, and other Bravo news, Teresa Judice was hospitalized this week for an emergency procedure that is believed to be an appendectomy, getting her appendix taken out. And I know how horrible <laughs> that feels to be sick with appendicitis. And the procedure, while it is microscopic, it does take time to recover from. So I'm wishing her the best. I also would love to hear her pronounce appendectomy. There is a 
came this week um, on Watch What Happens Live with Gina and Dr. Jen, where they had to guess how different housewives, particularly Ramona and Teresa, pronounce certain words. And I don't know, it just made me laugh. <laughs> Anyways, this week is so much fun. My guest is Tom Hamlet from the podcast Dumpster Dive, him and his sister Kicks have like incredible guests. They have just such incredible guests. They are so funny. They talk about all the dumpster television that we love to watch. So he joins me and we talk about the two Ronies. We talk about Summer House, Jersey, and OC. So hope you guys enjoy. If you like the podcast, be sure to give it a five-star rating and leave a kind review. If you have any other comments, constructive criticism, things I say that you think I should be more careful with my words, my DMs are always open. So reach out to me at Mandy Slutsker on Twitter or Instagram. All right, guys, we'll take a quick break and then be back with Tom. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hi, everyone. I'm here with Tom Hamlet, who is part of the Dumpster Dive podcast, how are you doing? Good, Mandy. Thanks for having me. Oh, thanks for being here. It's so fun to talk to people that you've met in real life, even I if it's know. just once. Because it's like, now I'm just building it my feels whole real. group of people that I've met through the internet. <laughs> like something, I, I, something I promised I would never do before right? 2020 is make internet <laughs> friends. And then <laughs> I have, now I have them. So like it's the future, right? Internet friends. Yeah, it's also, I brought, you know, I was in LA with some of my like real life friends, one of whom is barely on Instagram, like doesn't even, doesn't know how to post stories, didn't realize you can send DMs. Like That's the one I met, right? Yes, yes. yes. And she, <laughs> like, <laughs> when we were hanging out with Ryan Bailey, and then we hung out with like Steve Faces by Bravo and his boyfriend. Oh, I know you saw Steve. Yeah. And so like Steve's boyfriend was like, oh, what's your Instagram handle? And she's like, I don't know. <laughs> I think I asked her that too. And she's like, how do I find it? And I'm like, I just open Instagram. And so she can't. She's and I like, think it, no, isn't so it funny. her name? Yeah, it's her name. But it's like yes, with a we, number. And yeah. I just remember we had this similar interaction with her. And we were laughing because we looked at it. And we were like, it's literally like Rebecca Smith 5. Like, and it's yeah. like. Okay. <laughs> it's like Katie Riddle 7. So she... Okay. Well, I didn't know if we wanted to say anything. Oh, yeah. No, she's been on the podcast before. <laughs> she just like thinks it's so funny that I made friends on Instagram. Like, she right. thinks it's hilarious. But then when she met the people in real life, she's like, oh, they're actually cool. I'm like, no, I'm telling you, I wouldn't bring you to meet these like random strangers if I didn't think they were cool. <laughs> no, we wouldn't engage. Yeah. So she's like, how did you meet Steve? I was like, on Instagram. <laughs> So, oh, so Steve! Funny. I love old Steve, and I love Ryan. You met some. You got to see two greats in in their natural habitat. I know. In, in WeHo, do I they know. both live in WeHo? 
I think they both live in that vicinity. Yeah, where did you guys go? Did you guys go to TomTom? I went to TomTom with Ryan, and I went to Pump with Steve. <laughs> I've been to Pump before, but I've never been to TomTom. Pump, I had, I had fun at Pump. It, we went for brunch, and it was awesome. Oh, how, was the food okay? I've never yeah. had food there. Yeah, it oh, was really? actually good. We expected it to be bad. It was really good. Did you see? Did you have any sightings? We saw... Um, oh, I didn't even talk about it on the podcast yet, but we saw Max Vanderpump or Max oh, Todd. Was he busting a table? Uh, no, he was meeting <laughs> someone, but oh. he got hot. No. Yes. And okay, so me and my other friend Steph were talking. <laughs> Wait, like she was like, at his Instagram now. she Keep looked going. at me and she's like, is that the son? And I was like, yeah. And then we both look at each other and we're like, he's kind of attractive. And then st- when Steve came, he's like, oh, did you see Max? Didn't he get hot? <laughs> You're like, okay, it's not oh, just Oh, he us. is kind of hot here. This yeah. This is in December. You know, he looks really good. I have no idea what's going on with him, but he has become quite an attractive man. So that was the big sighting. And then one of the dads from Modern Family was having brunch at Pump. That's a bizarre place for him to be at. Which one? Um, what's his face? Uh, Eric. Jesse Tyler Ferguson? No, the guy he's married to in the show. Eric Stone Street? But yes. Eric Stone Street isn't even gay. I know. And he's at Pump for brunch? It was like a group. It was like eight people. That could have been a really good Dumois. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I didn't even Eric think Stone about Street taking... At Pump. Didn't think Is about... Is he gay? <laughs> <laughs> No, no I mean, he looked it. like he was with a group of people that was all enjoying their brunch. And we had a whole, like, is it him or isn't it him? But there's very few people that look like him. Sure. So, yeah, well, I'm and pretty sure. And never dated Bethany Frankel. What? You didn't know that? No. <laughs> oh, my God. They dated, like... For I how long? Like, they dated just for like a very short period of time. It was post Jason Hoppy, and I think it was like what? might have been right post before- Hoppy, post Hoppy, and I think it was like right before she got back on the show in season seven. Wait, no yeah. way. Yes, I didn't know he ever lived in New York. What? Well, I guess like, you don't need to be in New York to date her. No, I mean- they they dated. Oh, they look cute in that photo. He seemed, I don't know, he seemed like he seems nice. nice. They seem like yeah. a mismatch for me. No, they I were mean, on Watch What Happens Live together addressing their dating rumors when they did it like, like a couple years later in when they did Watch What Happens Live live in LA. Andy oh. had both of them on and they like talked about how they dated for a little bit. That's so funny. But they're just good friends now. Well, speaking of Bethany, let's talk about the Real Housewives of New York news that that dropped this week, which is that there's going to be two Ronies. One, which is a complete revamp, which I believe will be on Bravo with an entirely new group of friends. And one, which is going to be called, I think, Real Housewives Legacy or something like that, where it's all of the old cast members. And I'm guessing that's going to be on Peacock. Yeah, I mean, I guess we're (laughs) 
feels like we're bringing back some form of segregation in the year 2022 <laughs> because like what's going to happen is they're going to smartly cast a beautiful group of non-white women in New York and then just have all these old white women on the stream. It's very weird. That part of it is so bizarre to me that they're like so scared to like mix the the cast with people that are different than them. But at the same time, I think it probably was the right decision to do because fans would have been so angry if they got rid of everyone and just had all these new ladies. And I don't know that everyone would have given them a fair shot. And then, but then I, we all love to see that core group of women just like black out, like at in the Berkshires, you know? So yeah, I think, I think, I think everyone wins. I just think it's a little pandery to like <laughs> trying to make everyone happy but it feels very like teen mom og because you know they have like teen mom and then teen mom two, and then they have like teen mom og it's like very are we gonna start doing legacies with all the franchises i mean i, I don't know for maybe i mean i pay for peacock so yes i want them to keep doing shit like i mean this. <laughs> i would love i mean the only really the only other one that would work as a legacy is oc yeah i was thinking because atlanta wouldn't work and Jersey wouldn't work because Jersey won the women don't are not friends anymore. Yeah. Like that core group wouldn't, you know, like, and then in Atlanta, I don't think that like that, especially because Sheree's back on the show, Candy's involved. Like I, it just wouldn't work the same way, but I think they, they, if they did this with OC, it would be quite successful. So I, what I took from it wasn't that they were going to try and find like only a group of women of color but i thought that they really wanted like diversity so like to represent what new york actually is which is yes like lots of different backgrounds and stuff yes i agree that's what i kind of mean i just mean like all it's like upper east side on peacock and then the rest of new york city City. is on (laughs) network television but what I also what I, the main takeaway that I took from that article in Variety was that Andy was like, people want to see a group of real, authentic friends. And when they don't have real connections to one another, it shows. And I think, you know, bringing in Leah McSweeney and then bringing in Ebony and they didn't have ties to the cast. And then the cast doesn't hang out with each other when they're not filming anymore. And it right. really it didn't used to be that way. I don't think. And so I think that's what ruined Roni is that they all just went off and did their own thing and they weren't actually like a group of women anymore. Mm -hmm. And so what I think the network is trying to do, which I think is smart, is find a new group of interconnected women. Yeah. You know? I I agree. There's thousands of them here so right and find take take the time find the right group what i really hope is that this isn't women that are in their 30s because i don't think it will be i really don't think it will be because i think they i i think they know why one of the reasons it worked so well was the the age ranges the age was so good for this i don't think they'll go like mid i mean they could maybe have one late mid late 30s but like one or two the, but most of the cast yeah. should be 40s 50s yes yes i just get nervous you know and then other people are like oh build the cast around Lindsay hubbard i was like her friend group is already on a tv show that is doing very well <laughs> like they, do no they yeah do no, not no, need no, to no, make no. her rony no i agree 
Oh, man. But I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited, too. I actually think it's brilliant. I'm ready oh, to I think see it's great. a f- new group. I'm ready to see women that actually are connected to one another. And I am frustrated. And my main frustration with, like, Ramona, Luann, Sonia, all that is that they don't hang out together anymore. Mm-hmm. They all want to be their own little stars and do their own thing. And it's an ensemble cast, and I want to watch an ensemble. Yeah, no, I, I, I completely agree. And I think though we will we'll get a bit of that back. I think so too. Plus, on Peacock, I feel like they have a little more room to be to like drop the fourth wall and like let yes. let them get into arguments about the show and Would why they're not that. on Bravo, right? What if they were mm-hmm. just like pissed off? about how they're on Peacock and how, the, you know. Oh, completely agree. I, I really think that when they break that wall down is when we get really fun, interesting content. Oh, such good content. Well, speaking of good content, can we jump into Summer House? Yes, of course. I thought this was one of the best episodes of Summer House in the history of the franchise. Yeah, I mean, we really watch it play... I'm not always a fan of when things play out in real time. Like when, when an episode feels like we've just watched a whole dinner party and there were no cuts. Sometimes that doesn't work for me. Like sometimes I think there's, there's good nuance to like editing, but this was like literally all an evening in the house, the whole episode. (laughs) And like, it was, it was just like nest cam footage of them once they all got blackout. And it was so good. I mean, there was so many, different stories happening. It, it reminded me of the fight in Cartagena when there was yes. three women, there was, there were three different fights like in pairs with the women. It was like Bethany, Carol, Dorinda, Luann, Tinsley, Ramona. And they're all fighting at the same time in the, and they had to edit it in a way where you could see them like all having these art. Like it was just, it was like that we were having these like tandem arguments. There were things moving around. I just, I really, really loved it. So Lindsay is the kind of person that seems to think that because it's your birthday, you can do whatever you want. And normally that really annoys me. But for whatever reason, this year, because she just had that miscarriage, I am cheering her on. I'm like, go do whatever you want. You don't owe anyone anything. But how do you feel about when people do that in general? You know, uh, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm team Lindsay in the end of this because Sierra, I like Sierra, but Sierra did know what was happening when she started hook, hooking up with Austin in the winter house. That happened immediately and that visibly made Lindsay so upset. So like, it's kind of like, and Austin has essentially alluded to how like, he loves Lindsay and always will on things. And like, it's, I don't know. I just, it's kind of expected. And also they were just making out. I don't know. I didn't think it was like the end of the world to be like making out. I mean, granted we're fighting over one of the uglier people uh, in (laughs) the United States of America, in my opinion, inside and out. I really can't stand Austin with, you know, and the fact that Andrea is sitting there and he's truly one of the most beautiful people inside and out like ever like he's such a kind human being like i think he's truly so sweet and i think he treats women 
overall pretty well. I don't love that he threw that woman in the pool, but um, like, I don't know. I just insane to me that they're fighting over this man, but I think I am team Lindsay and she really won me. Well, I'm, I'm anti Austin. I think we should not be team Lindsay or Sierra necessarily, but right. It's just like, it's, it's, I'm, I'm team the women because Austin's playing both of them. But I was very, I'm frustrated with Sierra in general because Mm -hmm. She spent so much, and and the women, when Lindsay gets upset when they're fighting in the kitchen, she's not able to articulate herself very well because she's extremely drunk. But what she got mad at was Paige sort of blaming her for Austin's behavior. And she was trying to say, like, why is that on me? Like, if I make out with him, like, get mad at him. Yeah, yeah. I completely agree. And then Sierra, when she's talking to Paige, says, well, if someone did this to Lindsay, she would be so upset. And it's like, you did this to Lindsay. You did it to her in Vermont. And she was upset. But she got over it. And Mm -hmm. I don't know. And then at one point, she says, isn't it fucked up that Lindsay doesn't care? Like, it was always about they're not focusing enough on Austin. And it's that bothers me. I agree. I just, I'm team Danielle in all of this. Like she's the I only agree. one that sees clearly. <laughs> well, also something I think we're not totally thinking about. And I just thought about it is I think Lindsay and Sierra are probably 10 years apart in age. Yes. And same with Sierra's, Austin and Sierra. Sierra is very, very young. I think she's 23 or 24. Yeah. I think she's 25. Still oh, okay. Very young. Yeah. But still, I mean, like, the rest of the cast is much, much older than her. And so I just think there's a bit of, like, a way, like, there's just an adolescence to her in the way she handles certain things. And, like, I feel like it is very 25-year-old to be, like, it's the girl's fault, you know? Yeah. Like, as a woman who's, like, maybe, like, experienced things in the world a bit more over years living in the city or things like that, like, might have a different perspective and be, like, no guys fucking suck like this is his fault like let's not let's not let this get in between our friendship maybe i don't know but i don't think they're friends i don't think they like each other at all and i think that's yeah, become pretty I, clear yeah. and so they're just kind of and next week we really see them go at it what i didn't realize was some of the tension between danielle and sierra which did you see the clip of what interview was it where Danielle was talking about? Yes, the it race was on Bravo. Yeah. yeah, like the after show. Yeah. And she said, oh, no, it was with Bryce Sander. Yeah. Oh, maybe that was it. And she said, you know, Sierra said she was the first woman of color on the show. And Danielle's like, what about me? Like, you didn't say right. black woman, you said woman of color. And, and I feel like that has been eating at and bothering Danielle. And so when things come to toes next week, like I feel like that is fueling some of it too. Yeah. And di- go good for Danielle too, though. Like also hold, I think maturity and like holding some restraint, like in that moment though, to be like, this isn't about me in the end, like this, like it, in that conversation, yeah. like she wasn't like, uh, what about me? You know, she was like, no, let's give, Maya and Sierra the space and this time to talk which like that's why Danielle is a a great human being 
She's amazing. I just think she's, she's awesome. really wonderful and she's a good friend and everyone's just also with the women going after Lindsay, you're getting frustrated at Lindsay for doing this to Sierra. I just feel like one, they're ignoring that Sierra did the exact same thing five months earlier. And two, they're completely discounting the fact that she had a miscarriage. Now I'm wondering, did they not know? Did she oh. only tell Carl and oh, Danielle? I bet you, I, I bet you they did not know. Yeah. So I started thinking, like, because I'm like, wow, they're Because really... why would she tell them? Right, right. But it is such a intense experience that I feel like her whole, oh, I just want to have sex with people and, like, not have any... Like, she's trying to almost reclaim what sex means to her and redefine mm-hmm. it because of... That, that's just what I'm taking from her behavior. I'm totally psychoanalyzing. <laughs> you know? And, yeah, it, that's interesting. I didn't think about that. Well... Also, speaking of that, can we talk about the fact that Jason was there? Wait, what? Oh, you didn't see this? No. Okay. <laughs> there's so, so many things. I don't ever think that I've seen something. something. <laughs> I, I'm not even, I, I just, I saw multiple people posting about it, so I just like, maybe you saw it. But so two people that were there that were fully cut out of the episode were both Jason and Alex. Alex, Yeah. But Jason was literally there in like a themed fairy tale costume and all this stuff. And they cut him out of it. Aww. And it's so weird why they would cut him out when like there's a legitimate like interesting storyline there that we probably would have liked to see play out. Like not yeah. that like there's any sort of like it's not that it's his fault what happened, but no. there's there is a connection there though. Like that there is, is. In, it adds another element to Lindsay, like making out with Austin. There's a guy that she was like with for like four or five months that like they went through this process. I I, I don't know. There's just, there's just more things there. You know, I don't know. It's weird though. I feel that they do this a lot where they cut around things in summer house and like splice together footage in certain ways. Because do you remember in the internet talks about this a lot when winter house came out, but they like, cut out that whole storyline who's the girl with, the, in the, with the curly hair yeah um Gab- she was gabriella like, yeah Gabrielle? gabby and gabby. she was like she she was said oh you know kyle's hitting on me or whatever and they just completely cut that whole thing out yeah i don't it's it it's funny like do they have too much footage and not enough episodes i think that might be part of it because we're watching like so much but 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 even that i don't know like this whole episode was just at that party yeah if they decided that gabby wasn't coming back then i could see them not wanting to invest in a storyline that involves her it's just but it doesn't it involves our like main character though and amanda in their marriage like i don't know also, something that, about Summer House that always is, I think people forget, is the timeline is really fucked up in the order of things that we see compared to when they filmed it. Because, like, when they were doing the, like, press tour junket in the city and stuff for Winter House, they were already, like, a couple months out off of wrapping Summer House. So, like, they had already filmed all these things. So, like, Austin and Sierra had already and Lindsay had already had their blow up fights like like there are all these things were were already 
done. Right. But we're now just getting eyes on it. You know, like, like by the time they film the reunion for Summer House this season, like, it'll be almost time to film the next season that we won't see for another year. Like, it's like the timeline is a little bit different than Housewives. It is. But there's also fewer leaks. And I don't know if, like, what that is attributed to. But I feel like I don't know any of the stuff that goes on on Summer House until I see the trailer. Which I love. Yes. It's like old housewives. But speaking of the trailer, they did something, the the editors, that I had not yet ever fully seen on a Bravo show was they did Frankenbiting, where which is common, you know, on Bachelor, but right. the where Austin said, I want to eat you from front to back, he actually said to Sierra. And mm-hmm. when Lindsay was talking you know, saying, why are you the sweetest human ever? She was talking to the random guy, Luciano, that she brought home the night of her birthday. And they showed it during the preview for the season as if it was two people in bed together, making it seem like it was Lindsay and Austin. Yeah, because the lights were not off when he said that to Sierra. They were on. They were on. They were just talking. It looks like lights are off. And I think he like they like subtitle it. They made it seem like it was those two, unless, unless at some point in the next few weeks, we see an episode where Lindsay and Austin are in bed together, and she says, they say those two exact things. But I feel like they took the audio from different situations and made it into a third situation to try and, like, yeah, why, we it's don't need super that. weird, it's right? Like, that's such a, and that's a bizarre sequence and like scene to include in the trailer like that isn't real i don't know like there's enough footage and drama to include that we don't need that so i don't know why they did that how do you feel about Paige getting activated (laughs) i love it oh my god she's so great i mean she's so good at television she gets what she needs to do she definitely does and what was my other question for you oh my god i just couldn't get over carl playing sounds of the ocean with Have you seen, <laughs> there's this tic- I know there's this TikTok that went viral. I'm not even on TikTok, but I saw people like reposting on Instagram. It's this drunk girl, and she like <laughs> her friend is filming her trying to fall asleep, and the her like flashlights on, and, and the drunk girl rolls over. She's like, "Do you mind if I play some white noise ocean sounds?" And, <laughs> and, and like the girl's like, "No, that's fine." And she's like, "As mascara like running down her face," and yeah, I get it. I'm totally that that girl. I like to sleep with a sound machine, and like I always ask, I'll, I'll I will always pull the car and be like, "Hey, do you mind if I put some sound on?" I I loved it. I also the other moment I absolutely loved was Luke telling Austin that you know he's being a fuckboy and that it's upsetting everyone. And Austin's response is like, "Go make some maple syrup." <laughs> Hey, back off of Luke Austin. Luke is a gem of a human being. I know you're you're Luke's number one fan. Oh, I'm a huge Luke fan. Yes, I yeah, love I know. Him. I'm well. He's a Midwest boy, and you, I, I know you. I, you love the uh, Minnesota strong attitude he has. Right? Yes, he's amazing, and he he just seems like a good guy who knows. I don't know how to be a good, genuine friend, and I think he cares more about the friendships that he makes on the show than the show itself, mm-hmm. which shows because he's not always the best TV, but he seems like a genuine part of these people's lives. 
I mean, he was pretty entrenched in drama in the first two seasons he was on. Not because he like was trying to the way that right. Hannah was trying Hannah to make drama. And, yeah. yeah, she was pretty awful. Yeah, when you go back and watch those, I th- watch those seasons now, I think you realize that she was like manipulating a lot of things for yeah. television. She was, oh, well, I loved the season without her. I was a little worried. I was like, will there be no drama without her? Because all of it around, like, was last season was about her. But right. they have moved on wonderfully. Well, and is she, her and her fiance broke up, right? I don't think they did. I never that was saw. Just a rumor? I think it was a rumor. It was a rumor. Okay, yeah. Which who knows if it's true or not. Right. I don't believe half the rumors I hear. I didn't believe Tom and Katie were going to break up. Oh, see, that one made sense to me. I just, I don't know why I thought they wouldn't. I'm like, they've gone this far. <laughs> you know? I'm shocked that they actually have to get divorced. Did they ever actually get that marriage license? Yeah, when they went to Vegas. Oh, right. Ugh. Oh, Tom. it's just so sad. It's so sad. It just, it's just, you know, because how could you make it through some of the most awful moments of your entire life and it's all on camera and you make it, you make it through all these years and then you finally realize and come to your senses that this man isn't going to be what you need. Yeah. Well, I have actually, I have a bit of a theory on that. I think that as the show, I don't think it's, I don't think it's coincidence that as the show crumbles, their relationship crumbled. I think that the show was kind of helping them work through things on camera and almost encourage them to be together because they were like America's sweethearts for a little bit there. I mean, Maybe. I don't think yeah. so, but like, I just think, I don't mean America's sweethearts. I just mean like everyone like loved, were invested in the relationship. Like they yeah. were like, whether they wanted to work out or not, people cared so much about their relationship, strangers, right? I don't know. I think that that kind of like was glue for them to stay together. And then as, as people stop caring about them and then they break up, I don't know. It feels, it feels like there are a lot of those relationships on, on Vanderpump rules. Like as the show crumbles, you know, they crumble. But I feel like the show could be incredible for a season 10 with all of these newly single people. I agree, people. but they keep, I totally agree, but the cameras aren't going to go up until after all this is over. And it's like, because I think they are confirmed for another season. Oh, I never heard that. I think that they did get renewed for season 10, like at the end of season nine or something like that. Well, they better get those cameras rolling now because that divorce and now James Kennedy has a new girlfriend. But okay, well, like Roni. Why do we not have a Vanderpump Rules legacy show where it's just like Kristen, Jax, Brittany, Stassi, Tom, Katie, Ariana, Sandoval, James, Lala? Like, throw them all on a show where they're not talking about Sir or the restaurant world or anything because it's not real. Right. And then do cast a new show that is like Vanderpump Rules, you know? I mean, we, we're getting Candy in the Gang, which I'm, I'm actually liking a lot. I haven't watched it yet, but I'm saving it up to binge. It's good. I mean, it's a first season show, so there's there's hiccups, and they're trying to figure out storylines and stuff, but I think the characters that they have are good if they're willing to, like, invest in it. That's good. I, 
yeah, I don't know if we need a new Vanderpump Rules. I would be more invested in a Vanderpump Rules just legacy. Like, put them on Peacock. You don't have to pay them the same amount that you would have paid them when they were on Bravo. And just follow what their lives are like, you know? Yeah, we would we would all watch it. Because in the end, like, the the problem with them kicking off all of those people is that that's part of the reason why we're here, whether they're good or bad. Like, they're, they are all a unit, and we need them all together because there's still drama happening with them that we're not seeing on camera. And that's why it doesn't work. That's why this past season didn't work because, like, Jackson Tom, Jackson Sandoval are, like, literally at each other's throats on, like, social media and texting and hating on each other. But then, like, we don't... That's something we sh- That's something we would want to see play out. Like, yeah. the demise of their friendship, unfortunately. So, like, it, I don't know. It's, it's frustrating when there are things happening that we're not talking about on camera. But, yeah. I, I don't like Jax at all. I mean, I think he's the worst human being, probably, that we have on Bravo. But I think if we want that whole crew to work, he needs to be there. In yeah. Some and I mean, Kristen and Stassi are still friends with all these people. Right. And they all get together. I mean, they, yeah. I guess, Sam, no, who was it? Kristen sold her house and had a farewell sort of party for moving out of her house. And they all were there. And you know, there's shit going on, right? There, of course there is. Because <laughs> Kristen's had like two bottles of Pinot Grigio and like before the party and is like ready to stir up some. I feel like she's down to stir drama even when there's no cameras on. That's just who she is. And that's why I, go- I the show. love yeah. her. She's, she's my fave. She, I, she really is my fave. Of like, if she was, she just started at a time where she didn't have any maturity. Mm-hmm. But I feel like even like with a little maturity, she could be more like an Ashley Darby, like someone who is yes, tragic in their own personal example. life, uh-huh. but is great at making the ensemble work. No, that's a, that is a perfect example. It's it's interesting that I think Ashley Darby is more mature because <laughs> I think she might be younger. I think she's younger than Chris. Chris I think Chris you're right. I think she definitely is younger because Ashley, I think, is like. I think Ashley is just a little bit older than me. It's so like, I think 33 or, or 34. Yeah. She's and I think Kristen is young. probably 40. Yeah. But it's so funny. I think of Kristen as younger. Um, shall well, we? I, wait, should I see? Should, we, should yeah, I just Google it, it real quick? Okay. <laughs> wait, Kristen. Kristen Doty age. Because she was always older than Stassi and Katie. 39. Okay. Almost 40. Ashley Darby age. I was right. 33. Wow. And she started at 26. I can't, That will always make my brain hurt. I'm like, how did they decide to cast a 26-year-old housewife? I mean, that's kind of what Melissa Gorga was, too. But Well, what? how old was Melissa Gorga when she started? Because she started maybe 10 years ago, and she's 40 now no, she's i think she was definitely like 28 or 29 wow that's wild yeah i don't th- we don't need our house lives in their 20s no but it works for ashley darby for whatever reason like yes. she is someone who i don't want to say she's mature but even as a 26 year old there was something about that made sense about her hanging out with 40 year old women 
Well, like just, her husband is ancient. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but just how she, I don't know, everything about her feels like she's meant to be with older people. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. It shouldn't feel out of place. It does not. Karen, because Karen could be her mom. Yes, she could be. <laughs> I mean, Ramona could be her grandmother. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're absolutely uh, right. I with this like legacy of of Real Housewives of New York, I'm always saying they can't get rid of Ramona before she is Medicare eligible. <laughs> Cause I just wanna see that. <laughs> yeah, I think they might. I, I have a feeling that I have that a feeling they're not bringing her. They're not bringing her. No, because she would throw a fit and she'd be difficult and she doesn't want it as badly or maybe need it as badly as the other women. Who are willing well, to come back? I mean, on either, by the way. Oh yeah, no, I'm. I, I yeah, agree. I think I think it's a wrap. On, I think it's on a wrap Ramona. on Ramona. Yeah, yeah, I I I felt that from the variety. She uh, was the having tone. even in even Ultimate Girls Trip. She was having a mental breakdown the whole time. <laughs> like, like she's just. I think she's going through a. What do you call it? When I mean, I, it's not a midlife crisis. It's a just late life crisis. I mean, because I I think. I think she's so sad that she's alone and this is dark, but like, I think she can't, it, it just, it's troublesome to her and her brain that she, that she will never be back with Mario and she doesn't want to be back with him, but she can't find anyone. And like, just her like traveling to Boca and to like, she's always on a vacation. It's all very weird to me and it makes me kind of sad, but I think she needs to say goodbye to television. I mean, I kind of feel that way about Sonia too. And I love Sonia. I find her Mm -hmm. endlessly entertaining, but I feel like she's running from something. She won't stay in one place. She won't share any part of her life with us. We don't know anyone that she's been in a relationship with it. Like the entire time there's these sort of fake relationships like Frenchie and whoever, you know, like, like who are you? What are you about? Well, that townhouse is is going is bringing her down. I'm no, I'm I know, serious. I know it's so heavy. Like any scene in there, I just feel like, oh god, like this. It's just it's bad. It's really bad. <sighs> well, shall we head over to Jersey? Yeah, let's do it. So I absolutely loved the coffee that Jen and Marge had when they sat down, this- like. Like the whole scene was. Oh, I thought you were talking specifically about the Snickers coffee no. that Marge <laughs> no, brought in no. her purse. <laughs> no, definitely not that. But the whole that whole scene was everything I watch Housewives for. Like mm-hmm. an unlikely alliance, people sharing their personal like like life stories, empathy between one another. I mean, we're seeing a whole range from Jen that I find to be just incredibly compelling. I I agree. She really is. I think she's the top tier housewife, Jen. She is. She does agree. She's, she provides so much storyline. She's willing to get into the drama. She's willing to stir it. She does kind of everything you want her to do. And I, you know, Marge is interesting because I think something I realized, I haven't always been a big Marge fan. I think she's great for the show. I just, I think sometimes the tactics don't always make sense to me. and don't always feel like super genuine. Like, 
Like, I don't, I don't know. I understand she was trying to get back at Jen, but I don't really understand why she needed to do that. Like, I don't really get it. Like, like on, on camera, like, and now there, did you hear the rumors that like, apparently she brought it up at the reunion and they cut yes! it out? I was going to ask so you about if that's that. that's true, that makes this even more confusing to me because I'm like, you know that you shouldn't be talking about this and you are. And it's like, I understand that it's frustrating for you, but you're your situation was on your terms. Like you, you were like, I'm going to get ahead of this and I'm going to talk about this, which is exactly what I would do if I was her. But I don't know that we can push things on other people to like go through things when we're ready for them to go through it. Yeah, no, I, I, I see all sides of this, which is what I think makes it so interesting. Like I get why that is so horrible of what she did because it wasn't on Jen's terms. But I, at the same time, she's consistently saying that Marge is a, basically a bad person for mm-hmm. having an affair. And all she does is talk about how amazing her husband is in a way that I find kind of annoying. And if I knew this whole time that her husband had cheated on her and wasn't this amazing person, then why i don't know it's it and i think jen is having to grapple with a lot and it's it's something that's very relatable i think Mm -hmm. in one hand but what i find so shocking is that she has never ever dealt with it and that they didn't even try to deal with it as a couple that is what i think was shocking so i can see from margaret's point of view like she would bring it up they would acknowledge it and it would all move on it I, I could yeah. just see that happening because if Jen didn't want to dwell on it, I could just see her, I don't know, moving right along. I didn't I didn't expect her to have this reaction. Well, I think I think the reaction has a lot to do with Bill and her being scared of Bill. Like I, I which I feel that this fear from her of him, like in a way. Yeah. Which I don't totally understand. Or not understand, I just hadn't it was surprising I've seen to see it that before yeah. like she always wants to do things to prop him up and to make him happy and she cooks food for him and she cleans for right. him and she takes care of the kids for him so he doesn't have to do anything and in return right. all he's supposed to do is show up and seem like the perfect husband right and right and no one wants to hear about your relationship, okay? If you're walking around this world telling everyone about how perfect your husband or boyfriend is, like you're project you're projecting on something and you need to like you need to think about that a little bit because like normal human beings in healthy relationships don't walk into places being like, that's my man, I'll do it. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's right. what she's done up until this point. So it does it does make sense that it that she's that she's kind of blocked all of this out but you know my only other thing is like i will say i'm fully team marge now on this whole situation after it's played out and understanding like all the ins and outs i and i really really think teresa is so ridiculous for not understanding how this situation is different than what she did I mean, like you made up, <laughs> you made something up to make a good storyline on the show. And Marge is like mad that 
she keeps hiding a storyline on the show that's real and is bullying her for you know something of a much lesser degree so i don't know you're right. It doesn't this make is, any sense to me. This is all a power move and a power struggle between Teresa and Margaret. And Jen and Jackie are the pawns in it. Truly. Completely. Yeah, that's exactly it. It's it's wild. I didn't make that connection until more recently where I was like, oh. But there's a lot of people, including people on Housewives Twitter, who really seem to think that Evan actually cheated. And... I don't know if I don't really think I believe it because I feel like if it was true, they would have the evidence by now. It's been long enough. You'd find who the girl was or you'd find more people who said that they saw them or whatever they're looking for. But I don't know. One more thing on it that frustrates me, even if he did. Okay. Right. Mm -hmm. So if he did cheat and Teresa's intention to go tell her was to protect her. Which is what she said she was no, doing. Please. First, which isn't bullshit. What is different about that than Marge telling Teresa, g- asking her to, and giving her the opportunity to address whatever's happening with Louie on camera? It's like not that different. It's not different. Teresa, oh my God, I find her to be so frustrating. And I loved her on Ultimate Girls Trip. And I wish she would just put her guard down and stop feeling like she has to fight for herself and her family and her relationship all the time. Because if she just chilled out and reacted the way that a normal human would react if they were asked questions is you answer them. Don't act like everything is an attack. Right. Completely. Even if it may be an attack coming from Marge, I don't think it's an attack coming from the others at all. No. And I think Margaret, she didn't go into too much detail, but like there were times where Jan was physical with her and she brings it up in the book and she's mentioned it a few times on the show where like he hid her in a closet and like locked her in a closet at one point. Um, There was a time where she needed keys or something and they had to physically, they fought each other to get them. So I do think Margaret, while... She doesn't always have like the purest of intentions is concerned about Teresa being with a guy who has had allegations of domestic violence. And, and we have to be in the end of, we must always believe women. Like we have to believe them. Like when women come forward and, and say things like this, like it's such, it's so unhealthy and gross to like, just act like all that is not true. Like she should take that on and be like, how can, we get to the bottom of this, you know? And if it's not true, right? Or if you don't believe it's true, then just say, you know what? That was a previous relationship. He's told me that's not true. There's no legal record of this happening. And I take him at his word and he has not given me any reason to doubt him. And you can yeah. say that. She can say that. Yeah. That's her but right. Then, I mean, I mean, so much continues to come out about him being a bad guy. I mean, there's like more stuff coming out about his like, he has some like really bad business things that are coming out. I'm like, she is just attract. She is drawn to scammers. Yes. Yes. And she lets them bring her in to the scams. And she, I, I don't know if she plays dumb or she is dumb, but the more I know about her, you know, imprisonment, the more I'm like, Oh, everyone keeps blaming Joe, but she went along with this. I mean, she knew what was happening. 
They were, you know, they had gotten so many warnings. They'd been working with lawyers. They had been Andy, lying to Andy them. Cohen was even war- warning them. Like they had, remember those allegations started like during Early. season two. Yeah. Like at the season two reunion, he like brings it, brings it up. And she's like, like, he's like, he warned her the whole time that this was bad. Yeah. She, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard. And can we have a show without her or do we need a show show. without her? No, no. I think, I think she's necessary. I, I really do. Do you think there's ever, ever a chance we can see growth from Teresa? No. (laughs) (laughs) No, (laughs) we can't. But do you think that's what we want to see? Because we have seen growth from other housewives. I don't think, I think that, no, I think that the point of her, the reason she works so well for the show is she's just dumb enough to not get the, get the game. Like every time she thinks she's playing the game, she's just not getting it. And she doesn't get that we laugh at her. Like she doesn't get that the things she says are funny when they're not. Like she doesn't understand how to manipulate storylines like successfully she's bad at it which makes her good tv so i think that like she's kind of just a necessary chaotic presence that we we will always need and in her defense i mean mo- when you think of the storylines in every season she's involved yeah like there are seasons of housewives past with like big time ogs like for instance nini like there i feel like there are seasons of atlanta where Nini was not involved in the drama at all, but was just providing like humor on the side or like trying to get involved here and there or same with like Lisa Vanderpump, like, but Teresa is truly in it always. She is. I thought maybe when she came back from prison and she was into that yoga, the whole like, Oh, I'm going to be namaste and all that, that maybe she would emerge a little bit differently, be on Mm -hmm. better terms with her brother and sister-in-law find like a good guy but she can't like she is also so programmed this internal misogyny like internalized misogyny is so strong in her and Dolores and Jen that it is painful I mean it's also in Melissa right it's only Margaret and Jackie that seem to have some sense that women are worthy of things completely Although for Jackie, I mean, watching her struggles this season oh. and really opening up about the eating disorder and then seeing her immediately react to not going to inpatient treatment was so painful, but so real. So real. You saw it all happen in her brain at once. She was like, like no. you, you, you see the, right. you see the denial part of like that process. Like, I've made it 20 years with this eating disorder. Like, I'm not, I don't, you know, I'm still alive was sort of like her argument why she didn't need to go. And, oh, I have four young kids. You don't have four young kids. You have four kids. They're not at toddler yeah, age. They're, they're not fine. being breastfed. They do not need to be tethered to you. They need a mom who is who's doing well. Me, who can, like, barely take care of my dog. I'm like, the kids are fine. Yeah, I know. <laughs> totally feel you also and you can see evan knowing what's needed but knowing he can't force it Mm -hmm. and so it's like he's known there's been a problem and he's been supporting her but he hasn't been pushing her because when you push someone it can go the other direction you know completely 
Oh man, that's a rough one. And I, I hope I know she was on Watch What Happens Live recently, and she said she's in a better place. But you know, we'll see. I I hope she is. Well, I think she looked she like looks much, much healthier. Yeah. yeah, and I don't want to like. Pin, I, I'm not saying like. I'm not trying to like evaluate where her weight is at or anything. You could just see like in her face, like in her body, like, she just looked healthy and not like tired. Like yeah. she often looks exhausted. Which you must be if you're not getting nutrients. Like if she's only know. eating lettuce. Yeah, like sometimes you need a pizza. Uh, yeah, or like meat. Yeah, I don't know. Right. Like she, she looks anemic. Like yeah. she looks exhausted. Oh, I feel so bad for that. Um, one other thing was uh, the Dolores David storyline. I do not buy what Dolores is feeding us. I don't buy it. She's trying to make him the villain. And like, how? oh, my God, can you believe he's doing it? Like, how dare he still talk to my family? How dare he do all these things, kind of? You're the one that dumped him. It's okay for him to not be happy. I don't know. I feel like the whole story with him was that he didn't want to be on the show. And yeah, absolutely. she chose the show over him. And then now she's trying to like write him as not being there for her. Even though he's supportive. literally he's calling her children, taking care of her mother. <laughs> yes. like... Offering to take her mother into his home and care for him her post but... surgery. Yeah, but we Teresa and Dolores are from the same marinara sauce, and they both <laughs> <laughs> they both are, I think, attracted to the same type of guy. That's like a kind of douchey Guido. But David's not a douchey Guido. I know, which, which is, is like, why it work. doesn't work. Okay, got it. She was yes. like, "I finally found a, a nice guy," and everyone's like, "Why are you not like jumping on this?" He's like. Handsome, nice, rich, smart, all the things. Because I think he's genuinely a great yeah. guy. I, I, I feel like I told you this before, but his he is the reason that one of my friends is a mom. He was her in vitro doctor. No way. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. He's like a genuinely like wonderful human being. Yeah. He also was the doctor for do you watch The Bachelor? Uh, here and there. Was it recent? Yeah, Zach Clark, Tasha from Tasha's season. Uh huh. So he got on the show because his sister submitted him, and she was pregnant with twins and lost one. She had, she had to choose to terminate it. Um, and he was the doctor that figured that out. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah I mean, and so. I think he's- yeah, yeah there was like a, a problem with the twins where one was basically sucking all of the energy yeah. out of the placenta and the other anyways it was it was like a horrifying situation and so when she had to stay pregnant with the other one she was like depressed and covid had just started and she was like i'm gonna put my brother on the show <laughs> and that's how he got on the show oh i didn't remember all of that yeah well i listened to and then i followed like her blog and stuff and so she wrote a I blog didn't you were a bachelor girl quiet quiet because i've been watching for so long and i now watch a little more casually where i'm like doing mm. other things while it's on but i still i don't know it still pulls me in a little bit not me. Just for me, <laughs> I'm constantly thinking, what did these producers say 
in order to get that contestant to behave and speak the way they're behaving and speaking. Because with housewives, they find women that have personality disorders and they get them drunk (laughs) and they put them on TV. But with The Bachelor, not everyone has that. They find people who are young and who are naive and who don't understand entertainment or television and they manipulate them. And that is what's been so fascinating to me is they paint people as these villains because you need a villain every season. And so many of these villains end up being great people who are nothing like how they're portrayed on the show. And so I'm just so curious what they do to get people to behave in a way that's not really consistent with or how they edit it right right it's like mm-hmm. you find i just it's all seems like a whole like mystery that i'm putting together yeah i see i know what you mean but i where they lose me these days is that it's so like like influencer heavy i know and also and like, everyone wants to southern be in and, and like and, yeah so southern and christian and i grew up in dallas i don't need to watch that that's fair <laughs> that's fair i miss kind of the old days when people yeah, so actually people were like went on because they actually thought that this process quote-unquote worked and when they had literally jobs doesn't. that they would return to yeah right right but it makes me laugh when chris harrison used to always be like the process works I'm like it doesn't because literally like you have a, <laughs> you have a like five percent success rate <laughs> What has worked is the people that have gone through it meeting each other separately. Sure, because they have trauma bonding. Exactly. Exactly. Like Caitlin Bristow and Jason, whatever his last name is. Oh, they're so cute. They're so cute. And that wouldn't have happened if they both weren't on the show. Anyways, that was a detour. We can get back to uh, uh, the ropes course. (laughs) Teresa really came in like a bat out of hell. She was fresh off reading page six. (laughs) (laughs) She was so mad. She got mad when Marge was like, your lip gloss is going to attract bugs. She's like, what you saying about my lip gloss? (laughs) I was obsessed when Marge was like, when Teresa's like, you all talk behind my back. And Marge is like, yeah, well, if you keep turning away when we're walking, like, we have to. Yeah, and then she's like, we don't talk behind your back. We talk to your face, and you just have a temper tantrum. Yeah, that's it, yeah. It's just, oh, my God. It's it's so intense. But I was here for the scene before that when Teresa brought up Tracy being Tiki's mistress. <laughs> okay, so there's something that Tracy said that I don't know that ages well in with her story is that do you, did you catch her interview where she was like, she was like, you know, Tiki, Tiki can do whatever he wants. What Tiki wants, Tiki gets like, I'm like, yeah. with whoever guy he wants, she, whenever yeah, with he, he wants, it I'm was like, like the guy that cheated with you. So like, I don't know that that's the energy that we should be putting out into your relationship. Well, The narrative that she's feeding us is that it was all wrong and it was just speculation in the press. He admitted it. He admitted it. And he's also admitted to thinking some other things that are not very good. Oh, like when he joked about Anne Frank? When he joked about what? Anne Frank. Oh, I I don't even know about that. (laughs) I was talking about like Colin Kaepernick. He was like a wrong side of history on that. Oh, I didn't know that one. 
But please tell me about Anne oh, Frank. Oh, I've said this you a few times on the podcast. No, no, no. It's from like a May 2011 Sports Illustrated um, interview where he's talking about hiding out in an attic with <laughs> Tracy. And he was at his agent's house and his agent is Jewish. And he's called it a reverse Anne Frank. Not kidding. You could look it up. <laughs> No, I believe you. <laughs> and so, like... People are so <laughs> stupid. I know. Like, that one's pretty bad. <laughs> it's it's just, like, dumb. It's and not also even funny. It doesn't even like, make sense. That, no. Like, like a the, reverse? That would be, like, the basement, if, if, not the attic. If the Jewish right? friend had said it, I think it would have been a bit of a, a, right. a lull. Yeah, <laughs> but like, only we're allowed to joke about things that are Holocaust related. Of course, that is that is like <laughs> what you deserve to do. But like Tiki has no place to say, no, that's awful. I didn't know about that. Yeah, so, but that was also proof that he was hiding with her. Why would you need to hide with someone if they weren't your mistress? Just they need to all read Marge's book where she just, you know, tells everyone what she did. <laughs> she also slept with who one of the front lead singers from some rock band. Tracy did? Uh no, Marge did, and it's in her book. Oh. Oh. And now I can't remember who it is because I don't listen to rock music. But I was like, ooh. <laughs> like a hair band, like like uh Yeah. Like Led Zeppelin or like not that, but yeah, something like that. Marge. It's in her book. And and that was like her first time sleeping with someone that wasn't Jan while she was married to Jan. Oh, she cheated on Jan with With somebody else. Yeah. She had a one night stand. Oh, work. It's in the book. And I was like, wow, Marge. (laughs) Go off Marge. You know, it was just like, she just puts it all out there. Um, Anything else on Jersey? No, I mean, they continue to bring it. I love them always. They're so great. OC, how are you feeling about the season in general? Okay, so I like it. It's, like, boring, but it's not boring. It's just kind of, like, meh. It's, like, a B minus, probably, C plus. But I think it's a nice kind of revitalization of the franchise in a way. Like, I don't know. I don't mind it. I, like, I, like... I look for I was... I would look forward to watching OC and not look forward to watching uh, Salt Lake City. Yeah, Salt Lake. Oof. It's it the I love that we're fighting about like dumb shit. That's what's so fun. It's like reminds me of old housewives. Like it's just dumb shit. Like we're fighting about like who has a better skincare line and like who, who like brought like we're fighting about who throws the most events. I and mean, it's like that is that is what the show was in the beginning. It doesn't always need to be like involve the homeland security like that's not necessary <laughs> all the right. time you know i think so, I they're I, I like it it's it's kind of it's 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 mad but I, i'm liking it they're inching their way closer to a very good cast like they're yes. very close and i didn't think that in the beginning of the season but seeing the preview for next week when they go to aspen and everyone freaks out that looked good. And I'm like, wow, they're they're very close. Like if they add a few more people, I'd also be fine with making a couple people friends of, but keeping them. 
Mm-hmm. I feel like almost like how Beverly Hills just has so many characters. Yeah. I feel like that's what we need moving forward with OC, but I am, I am feeling it. And that argument between Gina and Shannon, they were basically each telling each other <laughs> things that they have held onto for so way weird. too long. <laughs> between two people who just are not friends. That's the other part about it that like no one's talking about. It's like, they're trying to be friends with each other because of the television program they happen to both be on. Mm-hmm. But in no world would these two people ever try to be friends. And I That's have to true. say, I like Gina. And I've oftentimes not liked Shannon. But I very much team Shannon on the fact that she literally saved Gina from a very dark situation. And she does owe Shannon like gratitude and grace for that. I I agree. And I know that it's annoying when someone brings up how they were there for you in a moment. But I don't know. Like, that's just Shannon's kind of annoying. And just let her be annoying in that way. Like, why are you letting it dig at you? I think she was very cruel to Shannon telling Shannon, well, if you don't have a lot of close friends, that's like, look at yourself. Maybe ask why. And then to say that she, at the end of the day, I feel bad for you. That's, yeah, that's a not... mean, mean thing to hold in your heart and to say to someone. Right. Especially especially with, like, how far she's Shannon has come emotionally. Like, I, we've all felt bad for Shannon for the past, like, eight, six years. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But I actually do think she's in a good spot. And that, that made me sad to see her cry. And she was like, I literally am, like, the happiest I've ever been. And for her to say that, like, breaks me. Yeah, it's, it's not just, nice. It's like, why are you going so hard against Shannon? Now, I think all of them, and by all of them, I mean like Emily, Gina, Heather, are annoyed that Shannon talks shit about them off camera and tries to keep certain things off camera. But I don't know. Can't you just break the fourth wall and say that? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we kind of have always known that about Shannon, that she does a lot of off camera shit. Because Tamara and Vicky have like alluded to that before. But I, I think Bravo's not down to always do that. Because right. they almost broke the fourth wall with Heather in the, that first episode. Well, they're going to in this next few episodes. Well, yeah, I know. Man, so what do you think of Noella now that we've okay. seen like so a I full don't, season? Yes, I don't like her as someone I would like to be friends with. But I do think she's a bit of a necessary evil on the show. You need someone that is polarizing and that is talk about having some mind problems. I mean, the woman is the woman is insane. Yeah. But but what I like about her more than like a Kelly Dodd is like her one. She's not we know that she's not going to like likely jump into some bizarre racist rants out of nowhere, (laughs) you know, true. And her insanity is is feels a bit more grounded to me than than some of our other chaotic players of Housewives past. I really like I really like her for the show. I think we need someone that Heather is going to butt heads with. My only concern is that Heather is going to pull another Kelly Dodd situation and be like I don't want to come back if she's there or something like that cuz there were some ultimatums with Kelly and Heather and that's kind of why Kel- Heather left the show. I think Heather is I think she was on to something with Kelly. 
I think mm-hmm. Kelly really did bring the show into the gutter in a way that I didn't notice until it was already in the gutter. Right. Um, but I don't. I think she's smart enough to know that Noella makes good TV and that TV needs a villain. And I think maybe yeah, Noella, it, like I think Heather is oh, more willing to get frustrated with Noella and call her out. But maybe yeah. she didn't even want to be on the same couch as Kelly. She didn't want to be in the same space on the same show. Cause I think she right. knows what Kelly is that we didn't see right away. I'm well, I'm sure that being there in person. And then even when the cameras shut down, you get a different version than what we see, you know, I'm sure she, Kelly was a monster to work with. And monster. And I think she felt Kelly was low class and brought the show down and would completely and was just sort of like, uh, almost like a Molotov cocktail that would go off when you like, we weren't sure. <laughs> that's when. A great. That's, that's a mean and great way to describe her. <laughs> she is. She's like a Molotov cocktail. It's like, you don't know who put her together, what kind of ingredients, when she's going to blow up, whether or not it's going to have an impact. Like, it's just, <laughs> it's not like a high grade weapon. She's no nuke that she claims to be. Exactly. Like, she thinks she's a nuke, but she's really just, like, a like, shitty bomb. <laughs> I don't know what I'm trying to make sense of. But I also don't like that her and Tamra keep calling out Gina as being, like, a crappy housewife because she doesn't have money. Because the only reason she does not have money right now is because she got divorced from someone who beat her. Okay, he had the money, and really laid that out. Really, <laughs> he had the money, and so now she doesn't have the money. But like, isn't w- what? Like, I'm still well, also, invested Tamara, in that story. Tamara, you didn't have money when you came on the show. Like her and what's his face were very like middle class. She was just like hot blonde with thick tits. Like, uh, like, got Gina's, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I mean, I didn't think about it. It's a different era, but like, it's like we all kind of come from our own shit. So, like, no need to, like, I don't know. I don't know. I just thought it was, it's, it also, stop talking about the show you're not on. Well, I think they're going to bring Tamara back. I know. I know. And I'm down for that. I I really, actually, really, really like Tamara, but um, I just don't know why (coughs) they're obsessed with the show so much. It just bothers me. Well, because they didn't really have anything else going on, right? And I think that's why, that what, what drives so many fights. And it's also how much being a housewife defines you. And I find that on, at least with Salt Lake City, the reason I feel like Jen Shaw and Lisa Barlow got along so well at certain times and had so much friction at others is because to them, being a housewife is their identity. But yeah. for a Meredith Marks, it's not. It's just mm-hmm. something she does. No, and that's a great point. I like putting housewives into the categories of like being a housewife is your identity or are you just on the show? Right. And I don't think one is better or worse. It's just some housewives fall in one category and some fall in another. Yeah. But I always try and get in their head about how desperate they are to be on the show and how much it is like runs everything that goes on. But I do think we need a little desperation from them. Totally. No, no, I'm not saying one is better or worse. It just helps Mm -hmm. explain their behavior. Yeah, no, I I totally agree with that. You've got, I mean, I think Jennifer and Jackie fall on two different sides of that, but I think both are really good. 
Yeah. I mean, Jen needs the show. Jackie probably doesn't, but, but they both work. You're right. Yeah. But it works. Yeah. It's just an interesting thing. And so I feel like Tamara just needs it so badly. And that's what I think gave a bad taste in my mouth about her back in the day. Like it just bothered me how desperate she was. It just felt like overkill. Oh, see, I like always kind of recognized her game and I liked it. I liked that she was just down to play. Like she was always down to get into it with anyone. And she was always very honest about like the show, like on, like after they filmed, she was, I feel like she was always very open about like, yeah, I'm there to like push drama. Yeah. Like she's not saying, I like that. She's like saying like, yeah, that's what I do. Not like someone who's like, no, what really happened? That's what, like, it's like, no, you're lying. Like Tamara is the, is, is doing what I wish they all would do and acknowledge that the cameras go up and we have to figure something out. That's true. I just, I felt like the stuff about her daughter and how her daughter was like pleading with her not to be on the show. And then she kept on bringing up her daughter, not talking to her as a storyline on the show felt (laughs) really bad. Like that, that to me felt like it crossed a line where I was like, it's more important for you to be a mom than it is for you to be on the show. And the fact that you don't see that is like ugly and painful. That's how I felt as a viewer. I was like, your poor daughter is trying so hard to like get you to stop doing this. It's bothering her. And yet you like, not only do you not do that, but you go a step further and continuously violate her privacy. Yeah. That just, that to (laughs) me was the final, like I was like, I'm done with her. I don't need Tamara on this show. But now I'm like, it no, it's just, it was gross. Like it's not, it's the kind of her family storylines are so dark and disgusting. Oh my God. Her son, her son. Like I do not want to see her son. If she comes back and nothing, we we can't have him find this podcast. You like murder us. Don't say his name. Don't even say his name. I don't remember it. I just remember what he looks like. (laughs) Oh, it starts with an R. (laughs) I'm pretty sure I saw him on my street after the insurrection. Oh, he that (sighs) he looks like an insurrectionist completely. Yes. And he's like a dark person. So evil heart. Anyways. (laughs) Evil. We gotta move we gotta change the topics or find us. I I, but I do want to see Eddie back on my screen. If it's just Tamara and Eddie, I'm all about that. Just yeah. leave, oh, leave the kids mom. out of it. We got to get Tamara's mom in the mix. Oh. I, love, I love Tamara's mom. Yeah, her, she was pretty little... good. You know whose parents I love? Gina's. Yeah, they're they're very, very sweet. They I like are, them. I very love normal. it because they don't quite get that there's like a show happening. They're just like showing up. They're like, you're doing so good, honey. Like, it's so, I it love so it. so sweet when Gina's mom was saying, saying to Shannon, she was like, you really like saved our girl oh. with like the lawyer. I thought that was really, really sweet when she was saying yeah. that to Shannon. I, part of me is like, Gina, do you not realize how bad what you did was and how dangerous what you did was? Like driving while driving. I don't know. I I actually don't know that she totally gets it. It's almost like she's upset she was caught and she felt like, oh, because it wasn't, she only had a a couple glasses of wine as opposed to the whole bottle. Well, I think OC gives me big, lots of people drive drunk energy. Like a lot of people have too many margaritas at the local Tex-Mex restaurant and drive home. Like, I don't know. I just, 
that it just reminds me of people that I similar energy to people from like Dallas who do that. And like, it's, it's like a cult, it's like a culture to just like, no, it's fine. I'll just drive. Like, it's that not to me is so weird because no, I agree. We live in a uh, now. I mean, I, this was a problem, you know, decades ago. But now you've got Uber, you've got Lyft, you've got taxis, you've got friends, you've got so many options for getting home that are just at your fingertips that are so easy. That's what's yeah. weird to me. It made more sense before Uber when it's like, how do you find a taxi? How do you, you know, because sometimes people go places. And they end up drinking more than they thought they were going to. And right. I get you drive yourself somewhere. You don't want to leave the car. But it's a responsibility. Right. If you're going to happy hour with the girls, like just take an Uber. Or to have the, a drink to... and then stop drinking. I do When I go to the Hamptons, I drive almost everywhere unless we like really go out. So I'll have a glass of wine or two, and then you wait hours. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That's what you got to do. You just wait. And then you, you're not tipsy at all anymore. And then you're then it's fine. Yeah. I don't know. Um, the launch of Gina's skincare line. Is it weird that we've never heard about the skincare line until, like, yeah. just right before? It just she, usually... She, this she's just not a good housewife, unfortunately. She doesn't understand how to, like talk about something how to like like she should have been talking about it like on the first episode like she i don't think she just doesn't get it right or is it that they're not producing her in that way no i think she probably didn't have a name until like a couple right weeks before. prior to the party <laughs> yeah well that preview for the aspen trip looks amazing i honestly i think great. it looks when just noella just screaming into the abyss <laughs> <laughs> I literally cannot with her. She is insane. She's insufferable. That's what she is. <laughs> she, I don't find her insufferable, but all, like to be around. That's what I'm saying. I'm yes, not around yes. her, but like if you're around, oh, if I was her, around her, I would drop the kick energy. Her. I'd be like, you need to shut the fuck up. <laughs> out of everyone around her, she won't yes. let anything just be. She's just so over the top, and the stuff with her dad, it's like she's bringing it up. And then he died. I don't know. The whole thing is so weird. It's all, yeah, I, she's, I don't know. She, it's all so planned with her, but mm -hmm. where she works best is, I think she, what doesn't work for her is her individual storylines. But I think what, where she works best is like the combating with the women. Yeah. She's so delusional. <laughs> but what's weird to me about them going to Aspen is that Beverly Hills is going to Aspen too. Right. And Meredith Marks, her dad's oh, memorial was in Aspen. Well, that's all. Like, City Trip was in Aspen. Too. No, it was in da Vail. Oh, it was in Vail. Yeah, right. yeah. I get them mixed up. They're very close to each other. Right? Aren't they? Yeah, yeah. They're, no, it's like, I think it's like a 30-minute drive from each other. Oh, like Park City and Salt Lake. Yeah, it's like that. Okay. Yeah, I, we, you, I grew up going to Colorado a lot in the mountain, like in the mountain areas. Um, and yeah, they're very close to each other. Do you think there's some sort of like... Aspen tourism board relationship with like well, production. Like, well, I think Aspen was a big, became, well, Aspen's always been like a very beautiful place, of course. But I think that there was something in COVID where like a lot of rich people started going out there because it's like a lot of things are indoor, outdoor, especially going in like the fall. It's so mm -hmm. nice. And like, 
I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe there was an uptick in COVID and it became more popular. I don't know. Cause Ramona and Kyle are always there. Yeah. Like not like when cameras are down, like Ramona right. is always in Aspen. So I thought it made sense that they went to Aspen for Beverly Hills because Kyle mm-hmm. and Teddy are there all the time. Right. But it felt, it feels a little weird for the OC. It feels above them is what you're getting at. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I agree. Like they need to be at like a janky like shack on the side of a mountain yeah. with like the, the skiers flying by like while they're trying to have their, their breakfast. <laughs> what town in Colorado would be appropriate? I feel like they should go to they like Big go to Bear. Denver. They no, should go to Big just the Denver. Denver, but like or like a Big Bear. You know, like not going yeah. far. Like they just right. feel like they don't have the glitz. Even oh, though Heather brings not. it and has them take a private plane and all of that. Which I can't still, stand private planes, but. I find it really interesting to watch because I've never flown private. And so I'm like, wait, you just like walk on? Like, what if you brought a gun? <laughs> you can bring guns on private planes. <laughs> <laughs> you can bring more than three I don't know that you can. Liquid. I actually don't know that you can because you, you have crossed state lines. But I have no idea what the rules are, but it feels like there are none. No, there are. I, I really think there are none. The, I just can't h- handle private planes because so many private planes have crashed that it's like, why are we choosing an option that is just like so prone? Yeah. Is, has more chance of like bad things happening than just paying for a luxe first class seat. Right. But then you like, have go to go to the, through TSA. Yeah. But, but go to the, if, if you have enough money for a private plane, you have pre-check, you're going to the lounge and then you're going to, and you're sitting in first class. So, like, you don't need to necessarily interact with everyone. Yeah. Know. No, I feel that. And it feels like I would feel safer on a private plane that's a larger private plane than one of those puddle jumper, really small ones. Those yeah. creep me out. And I get why Shannon was freaked out when they went down to Cabo. Yeah, no, no, no. That's too small for me. I mean, I'll do it to, like, get somewhere if I need, if it's, like, our, our only option. But, like, volunteer, no. Yeah, I would rather fly commercial to get to Cabo. Same. I completely agree. <laughs> well, Tom, thank you so much for joining. I Thanks always love chatting with you. Tell everyone where they can listen to Dumpster Dive and where they can find you on social media. Yeah. Um, uh, well, once again, thank you for having me. I always love chatting with you, too. And uh, you can follow me at the Tom Hamlet on Instagram. And then the podcast is Dumpster Dive. Um and make sure to rate, review, subscribe to all the podcasts you love. It is the freest way to support all of us podcasters out here. Yes. So thank you that. so much for that plug. <laughs> of course. Of course. Well, we will talk again soon.